team of worship leaders and musicians who were able to jump in uh, at a moment's notice, make some adjustments, and do it so well. And uh, I just love, I love our team. And uh, one of the other things I think uh, I, I wanted to say is I love our church so much. I know I, I say that on a regular basis, but I love you. I love the opportunity I have just to be your pastor and walk alongside of you. And I love what God is doing in and through us. Now, um, today I want to talk through just a couple of stories. I want to tell you a couple of stories. Um, and it's fresh on my mind. You know, like I said, a few of us were in uh, Israel the last couple of weeks and had some incredible experiences. And one of the things that we did when we were on the Sea of Galilee is we spent some time on the shores uh, going to some of the places that Jesus was. And uh, one of the places he spent a lot of time was in Capernaum. And we spent some time in Capernaum. We know that um, a lot of things happened in that place. We know a lot of uh, teachings of Jesus maybe took place in the synagogue there. We stood in the synagogue where we knew Jesus taught. Uh, we walked those streets, which was just an incredible experience. And one of the stories uh, that comes out of Matthew 8 that I want to that pull out that I think is just so applicable um, to where we are and and the situation that we find ourselves in, the moment that we find ourselves in, is uh, this story of Jesus uh, getting into the boat, and it's time for him uh, to, to head out from Capernaum and where he's been. And it says this, Then Jesus got into the boat, and he started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, and waves and the wind began to break in to the, into, the, into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now, I find that interesting. I love the different stories, the pictures that we get. Matthew gives us this interesting picture that a storm blows up and, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. Um, now, I think he's doing a number of things. Matthew's doing a number of things. One of the things I think he wants us to think about is the story of Jonah, which took place in the Old Testament. And Jonah had fallen asleep when the wind and the waves had blown up. And so I think um, maybe he wants us to think about the power of God in this moment, but not as some... Um, impersonal force, but through the force of Jesus and who Jesus is. And one of the things I began to think about with all that's going on is sometimes in our lives, the chaos and the storms that blow up, there's so many times we feel like God is distant or that God is asleep in the boat. Have you ever felt like that? Have you guys ever felt like that, yeah. that God's asleep in the boat, that he's uh, not attuned to what's going on? And I think it's so important for us to remember, even though we might feel as though God is asleep at the wheel, that God is ever present with us. Mm -hmm. And his presence is so much more important than the storms that are going on all around us. And I think Jesus uh, wanted his disciples to know that. So Jesus is asleep. The disciples go to him and they wake him up and they shout, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. They realize that they have no power over what's going on, the chaos, the winds, and the waves. They have no power over it, and they think the boat's about to go down, so they turn to Jesus, their master, and they recognize that he can do something. And so Jesus wakes up, and here's how he responds. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. And then Jesus gets up, and he rebukes the winds and the waves, and suddenly there was this great calm over them. Now, take a breath. Jesus, in the midst of our storms, like looks at us and he says, why do you have such little faith? Like, don't let fear rule over your life. 
And I think this is important for us today. And I know many of us have other storms going on in our lives. It's not just the coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, that's happening around us. I think, in fact, most of us aren't really that afraid of, of getting um, the disease. We're not that afraid of that. And, and most of us don't have to fear that. But we have other things going on in our lives. I know that there's people in our church who are walking through um, incredible moments of pain. They've been diagnosed with certain things. I can think of a few people individually who just have been diagnosed with, with uh, medical conditions that seem overwhelming. There's so much chaos in that. And I think Jesus says, you know, have faith. Like, don't allow fear to rule over you. And so I would say to us, don't allow fear to distract us from the presence and the provision of God. It's easy in moments of fear to forget that God is with us and that God is providing for us in the very moments that we think that he might be asleep at the wheel. Um, we're reminded by Paul in, in Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Let me say that again. God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. Of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's yeah. given us a spirit of power yeah. and of love and of self-discipline mm. for our lives. And so it's so important in these moments to live by faith and, and not to be overcome by the fear that is ever present in our lives, by the circumstances that are surrounding us. We don't want to be overcome by fear. So this is the kind of church, and I, and I wrote this down in this way. Um, we will live by faith as a church. And I want to challenge you as a follower of Jesus. Live by faith. Don't be overcome by fear. Don't allow fear to rule over the circumstances of your life, but rather allow your fear, your, your faith in Jesus to be for and front in your mind, like ground yourself, your heart and your mind in Jesus. He is with you. He never leaves you. God is with us in the midst of all circumstances of our lives. And he's not just with us, but he also does great things. Uh, this is another song that we love singing as a church. Uh, we love in our, in our times of worship to remember the great things that he, does, that he has done and the things that he will do. He's promised to do great things in our lives. So Father God, right now, um, we ask that you would replace that fear that may be in our minds and in our hearts and all around us, replace it with faith. Faith that you are bigger and stronger, that you are with us, you never leave us, you never forsake us. Remind us of your promises this morning that you will do great things. And God, we sing to you, we turn our hearts and our minds to you and worship wherever we are and we trust you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's sing this together. I just love that reminder. I love that we can sing of the great things that God has done. And it reminds me of some other stories. So we're out on the Sea of Galilee a couple weeks ago, and we're looking at the shoreline, and we're remembering all the different things, uh, as many as we can. We're like walking through different stories and, and the things that Jesus did on the shorelines and the different places um, that he was. And uh, one of the places that we stopped, which was uh, just an amazing reminder of the grace of God, uh, was the place where they remember um, Peter uh, encountering Jesus after the resurrection. And if you remember, Peter uh, denied Christ, and it was like a, this massive failure in his life. And so many of us in our, in our failures, we, we tend to turn away from God 
and, and walk away because we feel like he's so disappointed in us and that um, for some reason we're not good enough. And, and Jesus meets Peter on the shoreline. He's back fishing again. He meets him on, there on the shoreline and uh, he, he almost... Uh, he, he wants to reinstate him and remind him that God's grace is enough for him and God's grace is enough for us as well. And so we stood there on the shore remembering the story where Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And, and Peter says, yes, you know, you, you know that I love you. And I think that's our response in, in the moments of these great things that God does. And even when we don't see what God is doing behind the scenes, our, our response is, God, you know that we love you. Um, there's even this moment where, uh, where Jesus uh, says to, to a centurion, you know, he's, he says, you know, if you have faith, and, and do you believe? And he's like, I, I believe, help my unbelief. And in moments like this where we believe, but we also have some, some doubts going on, it, it's important to, to, to turn to Jesus and say, you know, we believe, but, but help our unbelief, help the moments and the times when doubt seems to override our minds. Help us to have faith when fear uh, tends to be all around us. And I think that's important for us. So the other story, I'm throwing all these stories out. This is what <laughs> happens when we sit in a room like this and we just start talking. Um, the other story that I wanted to talk about is, is a story that happens in Matthew 14. So Matthew is telling these, these series of stories with Jesus, and, and many of them happen right there in the, in the northern part of Israel around the Sea of Galilee. And um, this is one, it, it says this, that, that as, so, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area because he wanted to be alone. And um, the crowds heard that, where he was going, and so they followed him. They got there probably before he did. Many from the towns came. And it says this, that Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. Remember, he was wanting to be alone, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. I mean, I love that little, uh, the little detail there that, that Matthew gives us, that Jesus not only saw the people, he didn't see them as a distraction, but he had compassion on them. And I think in this moment, uh, it's important to remember that when Jesus looks over the world, the entire globe, that he has compassion on us. Like, that's part of his nature, is to have us. He wants, he wants to move us towards wholeness. So he had compassion on them. He healed their sick. And, and that evening, he's, he's there, he's healing, he's teaching. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, this is a remote place and it's already late. So send the crowds away so they can go to the villages, they can go home and buy food. And, uh, and, and Jesus's response, I love this. Um, Jesus, is set, Jesus says to them, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now, can you imagine Thousands of people sitting on the, on the hillside, thousands of people who are getting hungry, and the disciples, it seems like a good thing to say, hey, let's send everybody home. Let's, let's let everybody go get some food for, the, for themselves. And, and Jesus says, no, that's not necessary. You feed them. You figure it out. Can you imagine the overwhelming pressure and, and feeling of, um, of, of having nothing that can meet the need that is right in front of them? Jesus says, you feed them. And so what do the disciples do? They look around, they're like, we can't feed them. And Jesus says, well, what do you have? And they bring what they have, and Jesus takes what they have, the loaves and the fish, and, and he prays over it, and he blesses it, and it, he multiplies it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, mm -hmm. like God multiplies whatever it is that we bring to him in these moments. And it's such a reminder in, in moments like this, in moments 
oftentimes fear leads us to selfish desires to, to protect ourselves and to surround ourselves with everything that we need and, and, and to forget everyone else at the expense of everyone else. And, and Jesus says, no, no, I have compassion on you. You should have compassion on others. Bring what you have and let me multiply that for the good of everyone around you. And it's this reminder for us as a church following Jesus and as individuals who are following Jesus, Jesus we wanna be marked by love. We don't wanna be marked by our selfish desires. And it's interesting, the stories of of mass chaos right now that are going on around us, where in, in some selfish ways, we're trying to protect ourselves um, with buying more than we need. And it's, it's important to, to, to be careful, to buy medications that are needed, those sorts of things. But to buy more than we need at the expense of others is not what called, Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to have compassion on others. One of the things I love about our church is um, the messages that I've been receiving from so many of you are not messages of, oh, I can't believe that, that we've canceled in-person services, but rather I've been getting messages of what can we do to serve the people around us? Are there kids, because of our schools being shut down, are there kids who maybe um, who don't have some meals, they need meals, are there things that we can do to step in for those who are higher risk, to buy some groceries for those who maybe don't wanna go out to provide some, some things that they need? And I think that's what Jesus calls us to do is to be marked by sacrificial love, to do everything that we can to love others in moments like this. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. As followers of Jesus, we want to be marked by his love and not by our own selfish desires. So I love that about our church. Yeah. And um, one of the things as we turn to Jesus and we see the great things that he, that he does is, is we begin to understand that he is worthy of our attention, of our affection. He, he's worthy of of us turning our hearts and our minds back towards him. That's what we believe worship is. That's what we believe this is, is a time just to turn back to him, to be reminded of the things that are most important in life. And Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of your, your love. He's worthy of your attention. He's, he's worthy of your focus. He's worthy of your heart. He is worthy of his name. And that name is one that is above all other names. Jesus is Lord. And that's good news for all of us today. Father God, you are worthy. You're worthy of our attention, our affection. In moments where we, we kind of turn, turn inward and we focus on ourselves, we pray that you would give us compassion. Help us to turn outward, to look around us and to see the needs that are right in front of us. Help us to be a people marked by love, not marked by selfish desire. You are worthy of your name. So Father God, thank you for your presence in the midst of the darkness. Thank you for your promise in the midst of the chaos. Thank you for your grace in the midst of our failures. You are worthy of all that we have to offer. Amen. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, when we when we left uh, Sea of Galilee and, and headed south and up towards um, Jerusalem, we were reminded of uh, the destruction of the temple, the destruction. Of, of Jerusalem and all that was there and, and many of the Jews were fleeing you know for their lives and the early Christians the same thing you know they were they were persecuted in so many different ways 
And when Paul was writing to, to different churches, he was encouraging them in the midst of persecution and the things that were going along to, to not, be, not be ashamed of the gospel. And I remember this passage from Romans chapter 1 where, where Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. We're talking about this, uh, this month with the series uh, Good News, the Gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And here's why. It's the power of God at work in the lives of people bringing about salvation. Like the gospel is the good news for all people everywhere. No matter where you've been, what you've been up to, the gospel is good news for you. And we are not ashamed of it, but rather we anchor ourselves in that good news. It is the power of God to bring salvation to your life and to my life, to all of our lives, no matter what it is that we're walking through in the midst of our everyday circumstances. And it's for everyone who believes. Paul reminds us it's for everyone who believes and it's found through our faith in Jesus. It's nothing that we can earn. There's nothing that we can do. There's, there's nothing in and of ourselves that brings about salvation. It's only by faith in Jesus. And that's such an, uh, an important reminder as, as we talk about good news. It's, it's such an important reminder as we talk about the gospel of Jesus. For we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. For it is the power of God working to bring salvation to all people. And it is found through faith in Christ alone. Not through our own works. It's in him alone. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do to, to kind of close uh, our time in terms of scripture together is I want to look at a, the primary passage that we've, we've looked at for this gospel series and I want to challenge us in this. I want to point our attention towards this. And then um, we're going to close. Uh, I didn't think we we're going to do this, but we're going to do this. We're going to close with that song again. Um, just uh, maybe just the bridge and, and chorus into the end. If we can, can we figure that out maybe yeah. <laughs> on the fly? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. But I want to, I want to close um, with a, a little bit of a challenge and a reminder from, uh, from Paul. And he was writing to this young church about the gospel and he wants them to be strengthened he says he says i pray that you will be strengthened with all of god's glorious power so you'll have all the endurance and patience that you need and that you'll be filled with joy for god has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness god has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness come on God yeah, has rescued right. us yeah. from the kingdom of darkness, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And his son, Jesus, purchased our freedom. He purchased our freedom, and he forgave all of our sin. Now, sin is an interesting word, and there's so many connotations, different ways that we use, the, use this word. But the, the primary concept is sin is the thing, our actions, our thoughts that literally separate us or turn us away from God. It's that separation. And so Jesus has purchased our freedom and he's forgave all of those things that keep us separated from God and the things that keep us separated from one another. So many of us think, you know, I haven't really done anything against God. Like there's nothing that I've done in my life that I really need forgiveness from God because I haven't really done anything to offend God. Um, but what we find in Jesus's teachings is that anything that we do to other people, it's like we're doing it to him because he's their, their creator. He's their heavenly father. So anytime I do something that hurts someone else, that is something that separates me, not only from that other person, but it separates me from God. And so Jesus has purchased our freedom. He's moved us from that darkness, that, that place that we're living. 
and he's forgiven all of our sins, all the things that separate us from one another and from him. And then he wants us to see why Jesus can do this. Why is it that Jesus has the power to do this? Because Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. Jesus is Lord and supreme over everything that exists in our world. For through him, through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's the first in everything. For God in all of his fullness, catch this, God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through Christ, through Jesus, God reconciled, what's that word? Everything. God reconciled everything to himself. Whatever it is that you think that's keeping you from God today, Christ has taken care of that. He's reconciled everything. Everything. And he's made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And so then Paul wants to make it personal for us. I like this, that he doesn't just leave it kind of in this um, out there, mystical kind of a, of, a, of a world. He says, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. You, you were God's enemies. And, and this wasn't his doing. It was separated from him by our evil thoughts and our evil actions. Yet now, that word yet is so important. Like we were his enemies, yet now he has reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And he's brought us into his own presence. And listen to this. As a result, we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. Come on now. We're holy and blameless. We are holy and blameless without a single fault when we stand in God's presence because of what Jesus did. Now, come on, that's good news. Yeah. That's good news for everyone. That is the gospel of Jesus. And that's why I think um, Paul was so focused to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus because it is good news. It is the power of God that is bringing redemption and reconciliation to everyone, everywhere. And this isn't by something that we can do on our own. It's not by our strength. It's only through his power and through what Christ has accomplished. So have faith in this, my friends. Don't be overcome by fear, no matter what you face in this world, but ground yourself in faith. And so, you know, what's interesting is, is we're all scattered around and there's some of you who are watching in Fountain Hills. Hi to my Fountain Hills friends. Uh, there's some of you who are watching in Scottsdale. Uh, hi to my Scottsdale friends. There's some in Phoenix. There's some who are traveling in different parts of the world. Um, I saw some who are in Montana who are watching. Um, yes, I got a little text. They're Colorado. I saw some of you in Colorado. Different places. You're all over the place. But here's what I want you to know. That wherever you are, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. And I want to challenge you. Maybe today is the best day. As we're gathered online, it's the best day to remind, to be reminded that faith is more powerful than fear, that you can turn back to Jesus and you can find and hear him a peace and a calm that is not 
present in the world at large and that the world cannot offer. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with something. I'm leaving you with a gift that the world cannot give you. I'm, I'm giving you this gift, and this gift is peace of heart and mind. So would we take hold of that today? Can we take hold of that today? Maybe some of you for the first time, maybe you've been going to church uh, for a long time in your life. And you've been going through the motions and you've been singing the songs and you've been reading the scriptures, but you've never made a conscious decision to turn back to Jesus. That word that he uses is repent, but it literally means just to turn around and to place your faith in him alone. And I want to challenge you to do that wherever you are today, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, watching on your phone, your TV, your computer. Would you turn back to God based not on your own works, but based on what Jesus accomplished for you? Would you ground your faith, not in the circumstances of this world, but would you ground your faith in Jesus alone? And when you do that, when I, when I do that, I am transferred, you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness and all that is there, the chaos, the death, the destruction. We are transferred by his power into the kingdom of light. We find a peace that passes all of our understanding. We find a, a, a presence that never fades away. And our hope is found in him alone. Would you trust that today? Would you turn back to him today? Even if you've done it a hundred times before, would you do it again today? Would you trust him above all else? And if that's you today, I'm gonna to say a prayer and I would ask you just to join me in this prayer. Father God, I turn back to you. And in a moment of chaos and uncertainty that surrounds us, I, I don't allow fear to rule over me, but I place my faith in Jesus and what he has done. I trust that he has forgiven all of my sin. I trust that he moves me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I find life in him and I find it abundantly. God, thank you for this free gift that you've given me. I turn to him and I follow him to the best of my ability. God, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Holy Spirit, you are worthy of all that I have to give. And I trust you today in this. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, my Savior, my Lord. Amen and amen. So we're going to sing this together. Let's sing it out. Wherever you are, sing with us.